Market View on Money FM 89.3. Good afternoon and welcome to Market View in a brand new week, uh, in a brand new month. I'm Clarissa Montero, joined by JP Ong. Looking at the numbers today and they're, yeah, they're kind of sort of like my baseball team scores. Uh, <laughs> that's what you get for picking the Mets. Anyway, <laughs> but you know, um, uh, come, you stick, you stick your team regardless what happens. Come mm. high tide or low tide. This is so true. You, we you are long to, suffering. And you stand by your, you stand by your man and you stand by your team. That would make, that's what makes you a fan. Anyway, before we digress into baseball, um, let's uh, talk about the STI today. And yes, uh, we have started all this month in the red and, uh, there were some hopes that, that, that Mark Markets could carry themselves into a green territory at the start of this month, but that doesn't seem to be the case. We've given up about 25 points so far and uh, down to 3,081 points. But I think one of the more the more interesting statistic today, and I keep on harping about value turnover whenever I'm on whenever we do market view, but uh, it's very important to take a look at the temperature and the appetite for markets. We've gotten through half the session today, and we've only seen about 264 million Singapore dollars in total value. Sorry, turnover. what? 200? 200. 64 and a half. Let, let me be more accurate. 264 and a half million Singapore dollars in total value turnover. So, so since the morning bell. Since the morning bell. That's, and, uh, that's hardly anything. That's hardly anything, really. I mean, this is half of what we see on a thin day. And uh, I, I think it's indicative of what's uh, of a lot of traders just, again, trying to stay on the sidelines and trying to assess what's happened. Because, again, over the weekend, tariffs on both sides of the Pacific went up. Uh, Trump's uh, U.S. President Donald Trump levied 5% of uh, 5% extra tariff on half a trillion dollars of the Chinese Chinese goods. China, a little bit more strategic. They targeted only $75 billion worth of U.S. goods, but specifically beef, pork and, and soybean, mm-hmm. And which, by the way, we there is a bit of a pork shortage in China at the moment. Right, they are. They do have a big, massive demand in soybean. And that is a staple product or a near staple product out in mainland China. Also, so for them to hit these uh, two particular uh, products, it's hard for me not to imagine that this is a message to the U.S. and this is uh, targeted towards really trying to put the pincers on American farmers or U.S. farmers also. Mm-hmm. So seventy-five billion doesn't seem a lot, especially when you compare it to half a trillion. But uh, the fact that he's targeting these two particular items also makes you can definitely see that they're 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 going somewhere with uh, the, with their method the well moment. the pain is definitely going to be felt by the consumer on both sides of that trade war mm-hmm. I mean the Americans are going to suddenly be paying more for clothes and shoes and, and phones uh, and, and Bluetooth speakers and Bluetooth speakers and sunglasses and a lot of these other uh, items that uh, they that are key just to many a rising consumer clothes are US. good yeah yes. Americans now, now here's should the wear thing, clothes though, there was a US economist who Trump actually cites a lot I believe he's an economist out of the University of Maryland I want to I want to get his name right Peter Moscovici I think is his name. And he did actually come on Fox News and say that, you know, he doesn't think that the tariffs on uh, on Chinese products will hurt the U.S. consumer as much. And the reason his reasoning is because the yuan or the renminbi has weakened so much mm-hmm. that you'll actually make it back in terms in terms of the in terms of the cheaper yuan, making it cheaper ultimately and offsetting the tariff that the U.S. has actually levied. Well, this is his argument. This is something that, that Trump Trump has said. But he is in a rather small camp that believes that the U.S. consumer will not be bearing the Front. But it, I think it's just fair to bring up that there are some of these voices and some of these uh, prominent voices. He is an economist at, at one of the more prominent U.S. universities also saying that he doesn't think that the impact, it's going to be less of a body blow and more of a, a flick, actually, of the wrist or something like that. 
when you look at the rest of the region today, there are losses in most areas. And I think the but the other thing that's rather surprising is um, you're seeing a very strong start today from Chinese stocks, at least on the mainland. Hong mm-hmm. Kong is suffering mm-hmm. today. Hong Kong is down by well, not suffering. That's too much. That's a. Too harsh of a word. You're seeing the Hang Seng down by about half a percent. But when you look at Shanghai and Shenzhen today, they're both up by more than one percent in, in today. Uh, you know, it, Rather it makes defiant, you, that is. It makes you wonder, wait, I thought there were tariffs on the way. And I thought the Chinese uh, markets were supposed to shutter. But there was a release today where China released their, um, well, the Chaixin, uh, Chaixin media publication. And they do their own private survey of Chinese manufacturing activity mm-hmm. in the index. Their PMI index, which focuses more, actually gives a little bit more weight to small and medium-sized enterprises in China actually showed that Chinese manufacturing expanded for the first time. But this is interesting because, yes, the Chaixin, the private reading says that it expanded, but the official reading from the government actually showed that manufacturing contracted for the fourth straight month. Mm-hmm. So is there more strength coming from the, from the small and medium enterprises at the moment? Uh, how strong are these, uh, are these numbers? Because they're only above expansionary territory. I think they're at 50.4, 50.6 at the moment for the uh, Chaixin index at the moment. 50.4, that is, yes. Um, but uh, the other thing they're pointing out is that ex- exports from China, based on this particular big report, actually fell for the third month in a row and at the sharpest pace in November amid slowing global demand. So this could just be a blip in the radar. This could actually even get worse should there be more tariffs levied on them or should these new set set of tariffs actually take effect. But nevertheless, you're seeing markets in China starting to show signs of, uh, at least the mainland China, actually starting rather strong. They're both up by 1% and they're probably the sole exceptions alongside the cost being Korea, which is up by about 0.1%, but they're probably the strongest performing markets in the region. Everyone else, though, is in the red, the Nikkei 225, the Australian ASX 200. But again, losses in these two particular markets down by just 0.4%. So it's not as if everyone's running for the hills, but there's a def- that people are investors are definitely taking a half step back at the moment. Probably uh, a three-quarter step back, for lack of a better term, is the STI, which is down by about 0.8% at the moment, at about 3,082, 3,081, give or take. And you said value turnover was very, very, very Very, light. very, very, very light at the moment. It's a, it's, it's, it's a tap on the shoulder at the moment. It's not, uh, it's not, it's not, it's not a lot. And really what is trading by. then to make up that 200 million plus Dollars what do you in mean? value turnover. What do you mean? What, what's, what's trading? What, what are people Oh, mo- you want to look at who's moving and who's not. Okay. Yeah. Okay, so let's see what's trading. Well, most of the STI is actually in the red at the moment. We're seeing many banks actually giving back uh, gains. DBS, which was the best performing bank last Friday, is the worst performing bank today. It seems that they've decided they've done a bit of an about face. Uh, the stock has fallen by about 1% to $24.27. Once again, no... Prizes for anyone who can guess the two most heavily traded stocks, that's DBS and Singtel. Singtel is also in the red by about 1%. The telco is trading at $3.14 a share. Also seeing losses from SPH down by about 3.5% So in today's uh, session. Thai Beverage, which is the best performing stock on the STI this year, down by about 1.1%. Um, uh, there are a lot of uh, companies that are giving back some of these gains. Venture Corp, Corp also down by 2.7% today. So you're seeing a lot of weakness uh, in the consumer space. Space, the banking space, the telco space. You're also seeing a lot of a bit of weakness also in the developer space or the property space, and also among t- uh, our local manufacturers. So, so there's no real safe haven stock today. Not really, unless you can count the likes of Comfort Delgro, which is up by about 1.6 percent, and Semcorp Marine which is also up uh, by about 1.75%. And Semcorp Marine starting to get a little bit more 
uh, strength today after they announced that they have bagged about six contracts worth about 400 million Singapore mm. dollars. So this that is one of the bigger news. That was some good news actually for them. They've been they've been battered uh, in recent times. Um, these six new projects are valued at a total about 400 million Singapore dollars and mostly to provide engineering solutions to offshore gas and wind farm developments and also to do upgradings for cru- cruise ships. So Samcorp Marine, um, they're seen also, also being very um, exposed or vulnerable to an economic slowdown in the trade war on two fronts. For one, they do service a lot of boats and mm-hmm. a lot of uh, cargo vessels, um, a lot of uh, these big industrial-sized ships, or even cruise ships, right. which are seen as uh, being rather sensitive or vulnerable to any trade wars because, again, you use some of these ships use them to ship goods, and cruise ships are seen as a luxury item. Also, so if uh, one there of the is first a, things you'll stop doing, one of if the, things one of the first down. things you might stop doing, or one yep. things you'll feel a headwind is going on a cruise ship. But they have locked in six new projects, among them cruise ship upgrades. The other thing they're exposed to also is because they do provide a lot of solutions and services to the offshore gas and wind farm, and also the oil and gas industry. We have seen oil prices come down come down quite a bit because of concerns that this global slowdown, if it does happen, will crimp on demand for oil in the mm-hmm. future. And if that happens, fewer fewer oil companies are going to roll out projects. They're going to slow down perhaps the rollout of their capex, which could impact the demand for services such as Semcorp Marine. So for Semcorp Marine to actually bag these six new projects um, – it's uh, I, I, you, you'll have to give it to them that they were yep. actually able to do this, and I think this is what's giving just a bit of uh, of strength to Semcorp Marine. They're one of the few outperformers today on the SGX on the SGX, one point seventy five percent up. Apart from that, you've got Comfort Delgro up by one point six percent, as we mentioned. SGX is up by about half a percent so far, and surprisingly, we did mention that Venture Corp is down by two point seven percent. One of the other manufacturers, AEM, is up by about one percent. So we're not entirely sure why they're bucking the trend at the moment, but Venture Corp, uh, when you look at the manufacturer. Space AEM's kind of sticking out as uh, the antithesis of a sore, sore thumb, as a nice thumb at the moment. <laughs> They're up by about 0.9 percent. We'll have to take a look at what's what's driving some of the sentiment for AEM today. Perhaps someone else made a big order for chip testing equipment from the. That could possibly be one of the things, or perhaps just there's just a bit of rotation in this particular sector. AEM though, it's it's a nice, it's a puzzling but nice surprise to see them actually in the green. But again, you're going to have to. You, it's it's uh, there are way more there are more losers than gainers. So so far today, 190 stocks in the red against 112 in the green. AEM, one of those few stocks that's actually winning or gaining a little bit of ground today. You know, the thing is, I really just can't wrap my head around the fact that there is such a light value turnover mm-hmm. at this point in the day. Mm. That is the, to me, that is the big shocker. More than anything else, more than any tweet from any president, that is the big shocker. No, Usually, it, we're sitting at double that number. I know, and especially. After a weekend where you see tariffs raised on Mm -hmm. both sides, Mm -hmm. where you see trade war concerns suddenly coming back to the forefront. Again, the Nikkei, um, one of the reasons why the Nikkei 225 is down is because there's another safe haven flight to the yen happening. Mm-hmm. Despite uh, that, and uh, and yes, you know, you, it's not surprising to see the Straits Times Index or the STI uh, come down a step. But uh, you're right. The, you'd think that there'd be more traders actually be more actively activity. rushing, activity, rushing yeah. there, at least trying to sell, you know. But then there's a lot more wait-and-see attitude, I think, out So there. I think my question is, when is the next earnings period going to start? Well, the next earnings period is probably going to start around uh, 
mid to end October, if I'm not mistaken. Okay. Usually that happens so around that October. It's a, so right it's a little before, long for people to just be sitting around waiting for something to happen. But, but keep in mind that it's not just earnings that uh, folks are going to be waiting for. There are two major central bank decisions coming up in September. In fact, next Thursday, the ECB is meeting. And uh, the hope is that the ECB will actually pull the trigger mm-hmm. and either lower policy rates a bit, resume the quantitative easing bond buying program that they did, or do both at the same time. But we right. do, we actually, much like the Fed, there is a bit of dissension among the ranks. A couple of contrarians, such as the uh, the head of the Dutch Central Bank, Klaus Wurz, I think, he actually said that he doesn't see a reason why they have to resume uh, bond buying at the moment. Jens Weidmann of uh, uh, of Germany also said the same thing. He said that, you know, at the moment, we, we're not seeing any reason why we have to aggressively go back into quantitative easing at the moment. So mm-hmm. we're going to see if that influences the decision, which happens next Thursday. The week after that, the Fed's policy meeting. Everybody as their mother is hoping and wishing and praying for a rate cut from Jerome Powell and friends. But there's also a bit of a bit of a split view Mm -hmm. among the federal uh, Fed Fed bankers. Uh, Some of the some of them thinking that no, some of them are saying that they're staying hawkish. In fact, Mary Daly of the San Francisco Fed continues to have said on more than one occasion in the recent weeks that uh, the economy looks rather strong. She might consider doing it as uh, or going going along with it as an insurance policy cut. But at the moment, the data and I like the fact that they're using the data because I think this is their way of also communicating to the markets that we are still data dependent mm-hmm. and we are still looking at these things. And keep in mind that the Fed and Jerome Powell has mentioned before that there, there's only so much they can do to try and head off trade war uncertainties because yeah. this is something that they don't really deal with. This is not exactly their expertise. It's kind of like asking uh, it's kind of like asking a cardiologist to do a, do brain surgery, you know, in some sense. Uh, so there are it's not like we're going to be sitting on our on our hands uh, for, for this month. There's a lot we're going to have to parse through also. And uh, on Wednesday, we're going on Tuesday night is tomorrow night. We're going to be getting the PMI figures for Singapore mm-hmm. and we'll see whether there is a continued contraction. So there's a bit to chew on for the markets. I think at the moment when you've been waiting for days on end and. I just want to go back to last week. What 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 bookmarked last week? What bookmarked last week was the trade war, right? The escalation of tariffs, and then on Thursday and Friday, suddenly China saying, "Hey, we need to be a little calmer about these things. We would like to return to the negotiating table, but a lot has to be repaired." Um, Trump saying, "Yes, you know, negotiators are from both sides are talking at a higher level. Mm-hmm. Nobody really knows what that higher level means, but regardless, people are talking, and that's what people wanted to see." And uh, when you go through some of these jolts, I can imagine that emotionally you might be drained and mm-hmm. traders might actually be a bit drained. So perhaps they're just sitting back and saying, well, what exactly will this all mean at the moment? Now that we're at this point where tariffs have gone up by 5% on the U.S. side, by this much on $75 billion worth of, China, of U.S. agricultural imports, perhaps this is just them waiting and seeing. I wouldn't be surprised, though, if people started coming back to the markets tomorrow and started um, acting a little bit more with a bit more purpose. But whether this uh, results in a continued decline, um, a lot can happen. Mind you, we haven't even checked Donald Trump's Twitter feed in the last 24 hours. So that's something we'll have to do as well. All right. You go do that and you can update them when you come back on for primetime at four o'clock. This has been Market View on Workday Afternoon with me. I'm Clarissa Monter and JP Ong. He'll be back, as I said, at 4 p.m. with the latest in market news on Money FM. 89.3. Before acting on the information on Money FM, please consider if it's suitable for your own investment objectives, financial situation, and risk tolerance. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download the SPH Radio app available on Google Play or the App Store.